Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Amy Duggan, joined in the studio by Chloe Legazzo, Thomas Sorensen and Heather Garriott for our Optus Sport post-match show and Optus Sport podcast. Thanks for joining us. What a, what a show France put on for a 4-0 victory and to march through to the quarterfinals. Yeah, look, it was a clinical performance in terms of um, them going out in the first half and it being 3-0 up. They come out in the second half, France, and um, look, they only scored one. Morocco were a little bit better in that first 20 minutes of the second half and then um, France made some subs and, and utilised the rest of the bench, which is, which is great, I think, um, going into the Australia match. Yeah, and you can see the individual quality, like Diani up front. Uh, I thought she was brilliant. Listen there as well, got two goals. Um, and, and that's, you know, looking forward to, to Matilda's game. That's the, the threat, is that they have that pace and that you know, sharpness in front of goal. Yeah, I know the, the girls would have been watching this game, although I don't think they played their most fluid football. They were political in front of goals. And like you said, Tommy, it is Diani who they're going to have to worry about with her pace up front. She was involved in every single goal. Just checking in on what's happening on the floor. It's nice to see the two teams mixing. Of course, Morocco, a debutante nation, ranked 72nd in the FIFA rankings, punching well above their station to get out of the group and get into this round of 16 in the first place. But what a change this will mean to football on the floor in their country. Aim, if this World Cup has taught us and told us anything, FIFA rankings have nothing to do with this <laughs> World Cup. <laughs> But look, it, it, it was a great performance for their debut uh, World Cup Morocco. They walk away, away from this proud. It took It's taken many countries a long time to go to that next stage. So, look, I think uh, they'll be proud of their performance throughout the whole World Cup. Today's performance, maybe lost, lost, lost the game, better team. But in terms of fitness and legs and whatnot, um, players don't play all around the world and that's something no doubt they'll strive for. Yeah, it's devastating and, and for them, but they get the exposure that they've never really had before in the world's biggest stage and I think that may have played into the part of them um, in this game you know the amount of games the high intensity of these games you know tournament really football. showing tournament football yeah and, and if you haven't been there it's really really hard to back up although we've had more games or more time in between games it is hard to back up in tournament football yeah and I, and I also think you know they, they'll go away from here with a lot of lessons learned yes the disappointment right now will be you know you are you know you're there to win but you know, they can take that home. Um, you know, they've got two wins. Uh, not a lot of teams can, can say that. And, you know, yes, you know, this is, this is what sport is all about. You know, sometimes you have your highs and sometimes you have your lows. And, but they, they should leave with, with a lot of confidence. And Benzina, this is Benzina on, on the bench. And, and she's the first uh, Arab woman to, to wear a hijab at a Women's World Cup. And, and what a, how progressive is that? It's just unbelievable. So, again, a really mem memorable occasion, uh, memorable World Cup, and something that Morocco will walk away really, really proud of. To be debutantes in a World Cup and make it out of your group, they should be so proud of how far they've come and what they've done and been able to display themselves on, you know, millions of views um, throughout this World Cup. Well, let's stick on the Moroccan theme for a moment. Let's go pitch side to Bree Holden and Cote. 
Bree, the Moroccan dream has come to an end. It certainly has, Amy, but it was a much improved performance in the second half, wasn't it, Cote? Yes, it was a much better second half. And, and look, Morocco tried the first minutes with more energy. And, and I do think they were a little bit tired after three games. Uh, they didn't have the depth of players on the bench either. But look, they proud. The fans here keep singing, kept cheering for them. It's amazing to see all the fans and people actually feeling proud of them. And when you look at this Moroccan side, Debutons making it out of the group and the studio was just talking about where do they go from here and how much have they learned from this experience and how much football really is important to these fans. You can hear them, they're going off. <laughs> yeah, it's really hard even to hear, but I just see them look at with so much passion and what these players have done, not today, because it doesn't matter their result. I think it's, it's bringing this nation together, it's bringing them so united that women's football in their country, from now, will start improving even much more than what we saw. Yeah, 100%. Now, looking at the France side that we saw today, I mean, they have been uh, sometimes a little bit disconnected in their previous matches, but it looks like they were really starting to get some momentum heading deeper into this tournament. Yeah, we saw the really strong France side, and I think they're just starting to get to get better. I think, you know, with the players resting last game, it did help to perform and to show how strong our defense defensively and show on top, like Diane, uh, Les Sommer, you know, those players that they were fantastic today. And I think, you know, they're really making an statement for the next round. And I mean, with these Moroccan fans behind us, it would have been quite difficult for the French team at times because it sounded like everyone in this stadium was going for Morocco, particularly towards the end. I mean, how incredible has this crowd been for Amazing. It's very inspired because, um, you know, in Adelaide, to see this community and to see how many people are supporting women's football, to see that it's still going and, you know, they don't leave the stadium, players are around. It's just amazing uh, that connectivity that women's football brings and um, unites actually the whole nation. And also looking forward, I mean, France now will play Australia. Where do you see Australia maybe having a bit of an advantage given what you've seen tonight? Look, uh, games are, all games are different. We saw a really strong side of French, uh, French squad. I do think though Matildas are also getting better and stronger. So that's going to be a game to watch. All right, well, we have had an absolutely cracking <laughs> night here at High Much Team. Another fantastic win by France, Amy. Thank you, Bree. Thank you, Cote. Enjoy the rest of the evening and thanks for your input there at Hindmarsh Stadium. Of course, that wraps up the round of 16, the final match in the round of 16. We know all the teams that are going through to the round of eight. We know that France, the winners of this match, are taking on Australia. But, panel, I want to give you one last chance to chat Morocco before we flip our attention to France. Yeah, look, I, we, we've just spoken about it and we've all, all alluded to it. I think Morocco came out in the second half and they did really, really well. They could have scored a goal. There was a great save by the French goalkeeper where the Moroccan forward took a touch out wide. It was just a slightly bigger touch. Um, I think they threatened the goal a few times. So they'll take positives out of that. And I think today, obviously, the French were much too strong. Um, but again, uniting the nation back in Morocco, you hear the fans and this is only the start for them.
Yeah, and, and what a great link now. The, the Moroccan men's team did great. Now the women's team has, has done well. In, and, and just overall for football in Morocco must be a massive, massive boost. Yeah, look, I'm looking forward to the next World Cup. It's, it's four years away. But, yeah, I think the, 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 the development um, is going to be amazing, hopefully off of the back of both of the national teams being successful. Mm, and now we know some of the Moroccan names and they are household names, not just here in Australia, but around the world. We are going to go to a short break here on Optusport home of the Women's World Cup. After this, we'll recap that game, show you all the goals, and then we'll preview Australia's quarter-final opponent in France. Welcome back to Optus Sport and our post-match review, and also welcome to those listening on the Optus Sport Football Podcast. It is the final day of the round of 16. The two winners, just to burst your bubble straight off the top, Colombia and France advancing to the quarter-finals. They are the Moroccan fans signing their lives away. You can hear the drums still going. This side might be out of the cup, but the party still continues. Very proud of how far their nation has come through to the round of 16. Almost unheard of for debutante nations at a Women's World Cup. They've done themselves and their country very, very proud. Our focus, though, here in the studio now turns to the winners, which were France in this match. And it was a resounding, comprehensive 4-0 win over Morocco. Heather Garriok, Tommy Sorensen and Chloe Legazzo. This French team can be frightening when they turn it on. Yeah, yeah. they... Yeah. <laughs> I've caught, I'm glad yeah. we all agree. We're stunned. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we all know the answer. <laughs> of, course, of course they can. Um, they're in terms of how good they are, the players that they've got, the intricacies they play with. Um, but I will talk about the point of difference, I think, in this competition that we've seen with all, all of the top teams is the, the, the tactical side of things and the coaching. I think um, going deeper into the competition, we're going to have to see some really important tactical decisions from coaches. And I think Fran the French have got that in Herve Renard. Um, we've seen that in the past couple of games. We saw, saw that in the Brazil game, his tactical uh, changes he made at half time. So I'm really interested to see that against the Matildas. Um, but I really think that this tournament has, has really stepped up in terms of the tactical decisions made by the coaches. Yeah, and he also got the players on the bench to actually do it, where, like, you look at a team like Morocco, they haven't got that array of talent. So that gives you a more a flexibility of, of trying different things, new formations. But, yeah, I agree with you. Having a really great training run like they did today <laughs> in the first half and using all of their players today, Chloe, too. Yeah, look, as, as a coach and as a player, I feel like, you know, when you make players feel important and it's a big squad, it's 23 people, you are going to be able to have a successful team because the players who are sitting on the bench make the players on the field the best players they can be and every single person is important. Well, this is how they got it started. Diani and a header. Yeah, it was a great bit of play on the left-hand side, Basha, Tolotti, uh, interchanging and then the cross in, Diani. Pretty easy, you know, you can talk about the bad defending. There was three defenders there, they couldn't find Diani, but, you know, she takes those opportunities and that was definitely the, the difference early on uh, for, for France. Yeah, it definitely was. And, and not only Diani being on the score sheet, she hadn't scored again uh, for 12 months of the, of the national team. It's, it's, she scored four in two, in two games. So she'll take that leading into the, the next round against Australia. But for the French, I, I, think, um, I still think there's weaknesses, especially defensively. Can you imagine the formidable force of the Matildas and how quick we are up front? Um, for someone like a Renard and Perisay and, and, and the like to have to defend that, they're going to have a really tough job 
They're going to have their work cut out. Well, the Moroccan defence had their work cut out, especially with this second goal. Kenza Dali uh, putting this one away quite easily, too easily in the end. Yeah, look, it's a little, nice little flick on um, from her. And her, she continues her run into the box, which is, is great, but it's a great finish from her, being able to stay cool, calm and collected and, and use her right foot to be able to slot it into the back what I loved about this goal was the run from Eugenie Lesama, Heather, because she actually dragged the defenders way back in. And I know she drifted into an offside position, not uh, impeding the goalkeeper there, but she created the space for this shot. And this is what she does so well, and this is what she's going to cause problems with in the, in the Aussie game, is not only does she make great runs, she's smart off the shoulder. She's able to either make third-man runs if she, doesn't make, if she doesn't receive the ball from a third-man run point of view. She drops back in between and sits on shoulders of defenders. So she's constantly moving and she's so smart. And Diani, we can't discredit her, her ability to drive in and then pick out the right player. You know, it's hard. Sometimes you get down to the line and you're not even looking at where you're going to cross it. But she was able to be able to pick out the perfect pass and it was, it was a great cross for her. Yeah, and, and we'll see with, with the last goal, uh, the last goal of the first half, how she worked hard as well. She was putting pressure on. And, and you know, she was, for, for me, the, the, the woman of the player of the match. You know, here, El Chad, I don't know, I don't know what she's doing. She's turning inside, can't really get rid of it. And Diana does a great job. And, and we were talking about uh, Lesa Mayer just being in the right spot at the right time and then have the, the finish as well to, to, fin, you know, to, to top it off. And I think that's where the quality uh, really was apparent. Lesa Mayer picking up a brace in this match, one either side of half-time, Heather. But a stalwart of this team that nearly didn't come to the World Cup, such an important point. And uh, burying this header, that, that was just too easy on the far post for her. But... Over 90 goals for her country now. Yeah, you know what, uh, back post, you, you need to be better in defence. And I think um, Morocco's defence let them down. But I do want to mention that there's several players here, like Le Summer, like a Renard, uh, Henri, who's not here at the moment, who may not have been here because of the, the last coach, Karina Diaka. So, but we look at the road to the final. We do look at the road to the final. There they are all locked in. Spain, Netherlands, Japan, Sweden, Australia, France and England, Colombia after their win over Jamaica. Some tantalising tactics to get through there and some mouth-watering clashes to come. Cannot wait. Of course, the big one for us that comes off the back of this France win is Australia taking on France. That one coming your way from 4pm Australian Eastern Standard Time here on Saturday. And then Saturday night, if that's not enough for you and your heart won't be beating enough as hopefully Australia goes through, it's England taking on Colombia. Can the English actually find the form we know they're capable of? They've ground out their wins so far and they take on Colombia, who did a wonderful job today. Yeah, they certainly have. They've, they've had a few obstacles to overcome. Walsh getting, uh, getting injured. Obviously, Leah Williamson, the captain, and now James. And, and there's, there's things that have been thrown out. Uh, Serena Wigman. Uh, but in saying that, again, we talk about her tactical nous and her adaptability and flexibility. I, I think uh, England's going to do the job on Columbia. I think Lauren James is going to be a big miss. She's been the X factor because you've been watching it from the sidelines. Yeah, and uh, you know it's sad because she's mm -hmm. been a joy to, to, to watch. And now it's over to to Russo, uh, like Daly, you know, other players to to step up to the plate. And you know, this, that's my worry because I haven't been fully impressed. Uh, it, it has been uh, Lauren James has been the highlight, and now she's not there. For Aussies, this one's a big one because. Uh... They will meet in the draw further down the France, Australia, England, Colombia side of the draw aligns. So we've all got our eyes on that. But first, Australia will have to overcome France. That one coming up on Saturday.
Welcome back to the post-game show here on Optus Sport. It is time for the Maccas. I'm loving it moment. Now, Carly, I thought it was going to be the Columbia fans until just moments ago, before we were on air, a seagull decided to do its business right here on my arm, and I'm not happy about it. That was a disaster. Everyone's had a good laugh about it in the crowd, but it's not about that. The Columbia fans were very good here tonight. Yeah, the Columbia fans were exceptional tonight. I mean, they were their 12th player. From the, from the beginning of the match, outside the stadium, they brought the energy all the way. They brought it to the first goal. I mean, what a cool, calm, collective finish from Uzme. Couldn't have done it even better. The cross, the delivery in, but the finish was exceptional. And it definitely comes down to the fans tonight, though, too. The fans played their part. The Seagull played its part as well. I'm not happy. But in any case, Columbia fans are ecstatic. They're through to the quarterfinals. And Sydney, get ready because the Columbia fans and the Columbia players, they're on their way back. Oh, they are special, Adriano. And can we just remind everyone, getting pooped on by a bird is actually good luck. So it must have been good luck for Colombia today because it was Colombia earlier today with that 1-0 victory over Jamaica. We're going to break that down for you here. Not a whole lot of goal-scoring chances to talk about. In fact, Jamaica only had 10 touches inside the opposition box, which is a little disappointing for a team we thought would shine. Yeah, look, kind of underwhelmed by their performance. I really thought they were going to come out and, and blow them out of the water, to be honest. And, yeah, just really sad that that's their exit. Yeah, no, it was not until Colombia scored, actually, that they actually ventured forward and, and tried. And they had a header. Look, this uh, a little bit of an old shoot by the defender. But Usme, what a finish. Uh, Kadisha Shaw, where was she? I, I thought she was disappointing uh, from a Jamaican point of view. But Colombia, I think they were... Deservedly winners in this one. Yeah, definitely. They 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 really schooled Jamaica, and I we spoke about Jamaica coming out of the blocks, and you expect them, knowing how much they they um, you know they've played defensively, you know, hadn't scored a goal. I mean, hadn't conceded a goal. Apologies, um, but and the defensive record was great. But Colombia's just got that individual brilliance. Ramirez is unbelievable. Usme to be able to take that touch across the body and be able to slot it away. I think they've got that individual brilliance that's going to But a little bit of X-factor, don't Yeah, they, they do. Casero as well. She has been absolutely brilliant. And you mentioned their defensive record for Jamaica. Five hours and 20 minutes they went without conceding a goal until that Colombian goal, which makes Colombia the first South American side to finish in the quarters since Brazil back in 2011. It says a lot about football in Colombia. And if anyone was witness to any of the matches where their crowds were there, they were, as Caitlin Ford would say, a 13th man. A couple of, you know, Two extra players basically building their side up. They're, they're crazy. 13th woman, I'd say, mm. as opposed to <laughs> men. However, um, Colombia gets the bragging rights over Brazil. Um, what better way to, to know that you've done better than Brazil? Brazil's always been the powerhouses, but this World Cup has brought up so many things. Um, but for Colombia for to go to the next round, um, it's just... It, it's the players that are currently playing in big leagues across the world, France, Spain, the, the Spanish leagues, WSL. It's these players are getting exposure to different styles of football who can now bring it back to their national teams is the point of difference. The surprise packets, the underdogs, the outsiders and Colombia have made it through to the quarters. Yeah, look, they've been plotting along and they've been doing amazing. But in the times that they need to be composed and brilliant, they have been. And that's been extremely surprising for me. But like you said, when they're playing in great leagues, they're getting exposure to that, then they can bring it back to their national team and do unbelievable things. They're up against England, though, Tommy. 
Yeah, but what I also like is they're, they're coming in with an edge. Like they've got a bit of fight and you know a bit of uh, physicality in them. Yeah. We saw it in, in the first half today. There was a lot of tackles, um, and and they can fight back. And I think England will will be in for for a really really tough uh, evening against them. And and that X factor that they have can be a deciding. I think they've got street football. You know, they play with a little bit of flair and they're not afraid to, to go down and waste time and use that as their advantage to break the momentum of a game. And for me, that's really hard to play against. And I think England's going to find it really, really hard to play against that, especially when it's like every five minutes. When you get some momentum and it just goes down, you get frustrated. And I think England's really going to struggle with that. And I think England aren't going to struggle at all. <laughs> <laughs> I, th I think... Hey, we're uh, 2v1 here. Yeah, exactly no. right. That's oh, right. Hang on a second. Wait, oh, no, while I was you on. <laughs> I'm on your... Yes. <laughs> but, um, look, I, I think England's... And obviously not the finished product. Just remember the Euros from the Euros team. There was experience that left the, left the team. Um, I personally believe they're going through a, a transition... Um, period with, with England. We've seen that. We've seen the adaptability of the different formations, the different personnel. Um, but we've got the players like Russo and, and Hemp that are not experienced players and we're expecting them to score goals on the world stage. So I do think England's going to be too strong because of the depth that they've got. Have you really been that impressed? Like, no, I haven't, but the, I haven't been impressed with a lot of... Outside of the China game where they demolished them? Yeah. You know, they've barely beaten the other teams. Like, by, you know... Bit of individual brilliance, but now Lauren James got a red card. She's not going to be there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we could talk about this all day, I'm sure, and argue both sides of the story. But what it does mean is a couple of mouth-watering clashes are coming up on Friday here on Optusport. We're off to a short break. Will you take a look? Friday on Optusport, it's time for the quarterfinals of the FIFA Women's World Cup, and the Tillies are through. Friday at 10 a.m. Eastern, it's a blockbuster when Spain take on the Netherlands. At 4.30 Eastern, get an early mark at work and get home in time for Japan, Sweden. Saturday at 4 p.m. Eastern, it's time for the Tillies. Australia take on France. At 7.45 p.m., it's England, Colombia. That's Friday and Saturday on Optus Sport. Just let me on. Yes, that is right. The quarterfinalists at this 2023 Women's World Cup have been decided. Don't worry about getting an early mark on Friday. Just take the whole day off. Join us here on Optus Sport and be entertained the entire time. Seven out of the eight quarterfinalists top their groups. The only one that didn't is Spain. They're on the top line. Our coverage getting underway from 10am. They're taking on the Netherlands. That will be very, very entertaining, team. Yeah, it's going to be a crowd. I look at both of these games, you know, <laughs> what matchups. Um, you know, Netherlands came through against South Africa. Daniel van der Donk, she's out. She's uh, got suspension, so that's a massive miss for them. Um, you know, so well, Spain, you, you would expect Patelas to come back in. You know, they, they missed uh, a few players and even, you know, beat Switzerland pretty convincingly, but... I don't know what you guys think, but yeah, I can't wait for these two games. Oh, these two games are going to be unbelievable. I've, I've, we're looking at footage of uh, the, the Japanese. They've been quality all tournament. And then, then the Swedish, obviously, um, just beats uh, the number one in the world, USA. Um, and, well, it went to 120 minutes and then a, a really emotional penalty shootout. But they would have built so much confidence. Their celebrations after the game to beat USA. It was a long time coming, but, well, they'll take confidence into that. Yeah, look. It wasn't their best performance either. So for them to be able to 
you know, be able to do it in PKs. It's it's something that gives you that confidence leading into the next game. But the Netherlands, they've been so silky smooth this whole entire tournament. So it is going to be a great game. Very impressive, Heather. You and I both in the stands for that Netherlands match. But Sweden are the top-ranked side still in this competition now after one and two went out. I know you don't care, but I'm telling you, they're up The rankings are now out the window. (laughs) Over. Um, Yeah, the Netherlands were good. They were decent against South Africa. I wouldn't say they were great. To play against Spain, I I think Spain are on fire at the moment. And, yeah, they got flogged against Japan. The reason why they got flogged 4-0 against Japan was because they were trying to play football and Japan played a transition style and caught them on the break. Some people might argue there was more to that result. They also changed their centre-backs. Look, there's a lot of factors that came from that game, you know, and Japan utilised their speed, which they haven't had ever, actually. So for them to be able to target a key player and then execute that plan, that's why I think it happened. Maybe it was something else, but... Yeah, but I, I think, personally, I think Japan has been the most impressive. I think they showed the tactical flexibility against Spain by sitting back and then hidden on the counter. They can swap players, but they know the system. You know, a lot of these players have have been around the same coach since they were under 20s, under 18s. And you can see whoever, Mirasawa, you know, Fujino, Tanaka, they can put whatever they want in there and they all fit in and can do the job. So you think it comes down to depth of the squad? Yeah, they've shown that. Um, and, and, you know, they, they're just playing a system where everyone knows their, their job and they've got individual quality, but also as a unit, they can do the job. To date... This is a perfect performance, coaching performance and player performance for each person in in Japan. The only three players that haven't been rested are the two centre-backs and the goalkeeper and every other player has rotated through the squad. And you talk about roles and responsibilities, they know know the roles and responsibilities regardless of how how they play, where they play, everyone's got a role. Well, it sets up a couple of mouth-watering clashes, as we've mentioned, but I'm going to ask you for a Hyundai bold prediction now. Heather, your bold prediction out of these two. Japan. Is that a bold prediction? I think Japan's going to win win everything or just win this game? Win this particular game. And in the other match? Spain. Tommy. You know what? Uh, I'm on your Japan side. I think they've been impressive. Uh, But I'm going to go with the Netherlands. I think they're going to be defensively strong. Ben Domsala was unbelievable against South Africa. Netherlands to beat Spain. Yes. I'm on the same bandwagon. That's Tommy. Yeah, yeah we, you we, two we're shacking together. up together. Yeah, we yeah. are. Okay, yeah. we are. And Japan, they're going to do phenomenal. Well, right. There you go, Japan and the Netherlands. That's the panel's pick. We'll be coming back to check. Don't you worry about that. <laughs> what a day we've had on the final day of the round of 16. A couple of winners there. Our final eight absolutely decided with Colombia going through as the first South American side since 2011 and France with a flurry of goals dancing their way through to the quarterfinals. Heather Garrett, Tommy Sorensen, Chloe Legazzo, thanks so much for your company. The fun and the laughs and the concrete defence tonight. Much appreciated. On behalf of everyone here at Optus Sport, thanks so much. We look forward forward to the quarterfinals and we'll see you soon.